laid down for you. God is love and you are the object of his affection. You are the reason he did what he did. You are at the center of his heart. You are. I am. We are. So these past months, we have been studying the purpose and the efficacy of Jesus' blood. What it did, why it was shed, the sacrifice that he made, Jesus' ministry unto us, all leaning up, all leaning up to a greater understanding of what it is that we actually celebrate today. You understand that? You see that? You see that? After today, we are going to be moving into how to take everything that we've been discussing about the blood and the ministry and the mediation of Jesus unto us. We're going to be, the reality of that, what it really means, what it's done, we're going to be talking about how to take that reality and put it into practice in our lives. Hallelujah. We're going to be moving into a discussion, teaching of faith what it is, what it does, how it behaves, how to implement it in our lives. But we can only understand all that. We can only do all that when we understand today's message. When we understand what's really been done. When we understand... God's love poured out for us. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. His love poured out for every one of us. That God is love. Now just don't pass over that, please. Do not pass over that statement. God is love and love only. God is love and love only only. Love is who he is. It's not something he does. It's not some way he behaves. It is his person. It is his entity. It is who God is. And all of his love, all of his love, all of who he is, his passion is aimed at you. It's aimed at me. It's for you. It's for me. To lift us up, to lift us up into resurrection living. Hallelujah. Because the love of God, understanding how much he loves you, is the foundation of faith. You understand that? Knowing his love for you is the foundation of faith. Our faith is in the one Jesus. That's where your faith is. Not in what you can do, not in your own works. Our faith is in Jesus. All he did for us in his death, all he did for us in his resurrection, all that was accomplished in his ascension, lets us know 
that he is for us and not against us. He is for you and not against you. He is faithful unto you. He's faithful unto me to the point of an excruciating personal death. To the point of his own death on the cross, he is faithful to you. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is ever by your side. He is ever holding you in the palm of his hand. Today, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Thank you, Lord. He sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. He's interceding for you every moment of every day. What is he interceding for you about? That you receive his entire fullness. You get that? He is ministering all he is to you. Ministering all that he is to us holding nothing back so that you can walk in his victory, you can walk in his peace, you can walk in his joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory, right? That's what we have because of the resurrection and the ascension. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so today we're celebrating God's love for us. So let's look first at what happened at his death and his subsequent resurrection. We're going to go to Matthew 27, verse 27 through 31. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spat upon him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. Let's go to Luke 23, verse 32. Verses 32 through 49. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. How precious the heart of Jesus us. 
and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Can you believe he never spoke back? He never retaliated. He never lifted his voice in derision against those. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Aren't you glad? He doesn't give you what your deeds deserve. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? So we're going to go back to Matthew 27. And we are going to go to verse 50. 2750. Among them, no, sorry, 50. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom, torn in two from top to bottom. Hallelujah. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Hallelujah. And he is the Son of God, and he reigns forever and ever and ever. And he reigns to show you how much he loves you. He reigns to give you compassion and mercy. He reigns to give you victory in this life. 
He reigns to give to you everything that he purchased on your behalf in the resurrection and the ascension. He reigns to open up the way for you to be in constant communion with Father God. Hallelujah. He came to destroy the work of the evil one on your behalf. He did it for you. Hallelujah. And he did that by not once submitting to the call of sin while he was on this earth. Not once. Then, sin free, sin free, he accepted on our behalf all sin, all sickness of the earthly realm to be laid on him, to be laid on him, never having done one thing wrong that deserved any of it. He gave up his life in the flesh. He submerged into hell more darkness and demon-ness than you could ever imagine. He submerged into hell and having faith in his Father God, in his loving Father, by the word of life, by the word of God, which never fails, he defeated sin's curse on your behalf for you. He defeated sin's curse for you. And he rose up out of that grave. And he rose up out of hell in victory, overcoming every demonic entity for you so that you could do the same in this life, in this life, bursting forth. Oh, can you imagine? Bursting forth. Can you imagine being those that saw him that, that day? Bursting forth in resurrection power, in resurrection life, in resurrection glory. Bursting forth to show you, to show me the power of life in him, the power of God's love, the power of his love poured out for you because that's what's raised him from the dead. The love in his heart for you, more powerful than any natural force. more powerful than any form of bondage. His love for you, to let you know that by believing in him, you receive that same love, you receive that same life, you receive that same power. And he ascended into heaven 
and he poured out that sacrificed blood, his sacrificed blood. He poured it out, not on a seat of judgment to condemn you, but on a seat of mercy to forgive you. To prove to you that when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, simply by receiving him, simply by accepting his love, simply we are accepted into the beloved. We are accepted into the beloved. He gave his overcoming life of love and power to you, to me, a free gift a free gift. No greater love. No greater love. And this is a love for you. This is a love for me. Straight from the heart of God. Straight from the heart of God. Selfless. Selfless. It allowed his one and only son, God's one and only son, to suffer everything that he suffered and to be disfigured beyond human recognition. Think about that. This love, so great, it allowed him to be disfigured. Can you imagine being a parent, seeing that? Can you imagine being the child doing that? Disfigured beyond human recognition to give you access to a victorious life, to let you know the love of God for you as the only way to secure your survival out of every demonic influence and force, out of every darkness in this world that this world has to offer. This is a love for you, for me, straight out of the heart of God. It is so powerful. Think about this. Oh, my gosh, please pray for me that I quit crying. <laughs> really, I'm serious. <laughs> but this is a love for you, straight out of the heart of God. Think about it. So powerful that it caused, the, if we think about natural things that we can, you know, think about, it is so powerful that it caused the sun to stop. It caused the earth, skies to go completely dark. It split open rocks. It opened up graves, causing the very earth to quake. His love come in power. And this is a love so great, straight out of the heart of God, so full of hope, not only power, but so full of hope because the Son gave up his spirit unto death so that we could have hope 
of the spirit of life in Christ eternal with him. The power and the hope and the love that he pours out that is his heart for you. At the moment he gave up his spirit, at the moment he gave up his spirit for you, this great love of God the Father tore asunder the veil of the temple from top to bottom, and it made entrance for you. It made entrance for me into everything that Jesus is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That veil had maintained a distance, a separation between humankind and God. And he, Jesus, by what he did, he opened the way forever, for all of eternity, for you and me to walk in, for you and me to be held in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. Even here in this world, I'm not talking about just eternity, although that's beautiful and wonderful and something that we're all going to have one day if we're believers in Jesus. But even in this world, you can feel, you can know that his loving arms are wrapped around you. Hallelujah. And that's what we celebrate today. There was no cost too great for Jesus. In his heart, in his eyes, there was no cost too great for him to show you how much God loves you. No cost too great. No price too big. So at his death, Jesus, never having done a single thing wrong, had all the sin and all the sickness laid upon him, descended into hell, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the love of God, he conquered every demonic force, every entity, and he rose to life in the power, in the power and the hope of the love of God. And now, now, he sits at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. He sits at the right hand of the Father to minister that love, that love that overcame every evil force. He ministers that to you. It's his pleasure. It is his pleasure to minister to you. And now, He allows us, that love allows us to commune in peace and freedom with God. Why do you think they call it the gospel of peace? You have peace with your Father. Hallelujah. Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension were solely for the purpose of inviting you, inviting me, to live in his love for all of eternity, totally free from the judgment of this world. You get that? Totally free from the judgment of this world and sin. You are built 
to receive his love. Your spirit's big enough in him. Got it? (laughs) Your spirit's big enough in him. (laughs) You have been constructed to receive his love in full. In full. And to know, actually, to know nothing but his love. That's his intention. Jude 1-2 says, Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. You see that? That's the heart of the Father for you. That's what he wants. That's your destiny in him. Mercy, peace, and love multiplied unto you. So when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive all that. So let's study for just a moment. Let's study what we receive. The moment you were born again, the moment, the second, the millisecond that you were born again, get this, the love of God was shed abroad in your heart. You get that? The second. This is not something you earn or work for. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. It changes everything. It changes who you are. It changed your nature. You received a new nature because of his love shed abroad in your heart. Not something you work for or earn. Romans 5, 5, it says, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You see that? You see that? So what does that mean? It means, guess what this means? It means you know God. So many people think they can't hear from God or they don't know God, and it keeps them living in a life of defeat. Okay? If his love is shed abroad in your heart, you know God because that's who he is. All right? It's a gift. This is a gift that's been given to you. You know his heart in your inner being. So let me show you here. It says 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, okay, listen to the scripture. Let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. See that? The scripture tells you, I'm not just making this up. You know God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So you see, it is so important for you, for me, to focus on how much God loves us. These aren't just platitudes. I'm not just up here speaking platitudes. This is the foundation of your faith. To know this, to understand this. If you don't understand how much God loves you, we must understand how much he loves us in order to trust him. Right? The moment you're born again, that you, you, you ask God into your heart, you ask Jesus into your heart, you know God. 
since God is love, in your inner being, you know his love. In your spirit, you know him and his love. And a new, a whole new spiritual life comes to live, comes to inhabit, comes to dwell in you. And everything in your life from that moment on is changed. It gives you life everlasting. It gives you life everlasting instead of the looming darkness of this world. You are totally translated into a whole new atmosphere, a whole new kingdom. (coughs) And the, the scripture tells us that God's spirit testifies to our spirit. You see it? It's spirit to spirit. You know, when you go to heaven, you don't even, you don't even have to talk to each other. I know. <laughs> you, you just, it's just spirit to spirit. Well, it doesn't change just because you go to heaven. He's spirit to spirit for you now, here. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You are his beloved child. So I'm going to just briefly, we're going to look at the translation of the word know, K-N-O-W, know. It comes from gnosko. It comes from, and what, what that really means, okay, let's, let's grab onto this today, beloved. It means to intimately experience, to know, gnosko, the word that's used. It means to intimately experience. That's the door that's been opened up for you. That's the door that's been opened up for me. To intimately experience God. A whole new life, a whole new world, a whole new atmosphere opened up to us where we get to intimately experience and know divine love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We get, because God is love, we get to know God, our Father, our Father. The Father, we have a a Father who's intimate, who we get to be intimate with in our lives. It means to have a personal, it means to have a personal revelation and understanding. You know, God is personal with you. This is no cutty cutter. What is that word? Cookie cutter. This is no cookie cutter gospel. He knows every little thing about you, and he loves you. And he is personal. And he wants to deeply reveal himself to you in a personal way. It means new perception. New perception. It means to a seeing or a revealing on a much deeper level than mere head knowledge. That's spirit to spirit, that's heart to heart. So if you really think about it, to know, K-N-O-W, God, 
by receiving his love for you is to see him. It is to perceive him. See that? You perceive him. To experience him in a very true and personal way. A close, a loving, a gentle, a kind, an intimate That's what the scripture, you know, the scripture talks about the new and living way. It's a new and living way because Jesus is life. Life more abundantly than what you've ever known heretofore. So we get to have this deep, we get to know these deep personal truths about our Father. He wants to reveal himself to you. And so as we allow his love to come in and change us and to reveal his greatness and reveal his goodness to us, for each one of us in our own particular areas, every area, you know, there are some areas in our life, and we're, we're just okay with that. We're just like, okay, you know, God, you know everything about me. Everything's cool. I've laid it at the cross, and you've helped me, Right? But unfortunately, there are other areas that we tend to sometimes keep back because we think it's going to be too painful to go through or, or, you know, there's too much maybe shame that you don't need to bear, you know. And so as we allow each of those areas to be infiltrated by his love, you see that, to, to become vulnerable, there is no safer place you will ever be than to be vulnerable to the love of God. That is the safest place you will ever be in life is to allow every part that you may be trying to hold back now, every part, lay it down, be vulnerable before him because his love is a safer place than anywhere else that you will ever journey in your life. His love gives you the power to walk intimately with him, with no shame, with no condemnation. You see that? In freedom, in freedom, to lay things down. So we want to become vulnerable to his life, to his love. His love, accepted by us when we accept it, it allows us without fear, see, no fear, no fear, It allows us without fear to lay our weaknesses down before him. Without fear to to lay down our fears before him. To lay our mistakes before him. See that? Knowing that he is not going to condemn you. He will instruct you unto life. That's what he's going to do. He'll love you through it and instruct you unto life in every situation. And he beckons us. He's beckoning you. He's beckoning me to journey with him in this beautiful process, this beautiful life that he has for us, fulfilling his plans and his purposes, which are beauty in our lives. So we become open and honest when we become open and honest before him, in our minds, 
in our wills, in our emotions. See, his love, his love, because of all that he is, because of all that he has done, his love brings healing, brings restoration, brings peace, brings joy beyond measure. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. 1 John 4.18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. See that? His perfect love for you. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God's love for us will never bring condemnation. It will never bring fear. It will only bring peace. He counsels us in ways of peace. The scripture says. He basically loves us into alignment with his heart. He loves us into alignment with his heart. John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He is ever ministering salvation unto you. Yes, I'm talking about, of course, you know, he ministered eternal salvation when you received him as Lord and Savior. But he is ministering salvation to you in every area of life, whether that's healing, whether that's provision, whether that's, um, you know, you have problems criticizing yourself or seeing yourself falling short. You see, he ministers salvation unto you through his love in every area. His wisdom, his purpose for you. His, what, what does grace mean? What have we studied? The ultimate in beauty. The ultimate in beauty for you. His grace poured out. And what starts that whole process is allowing Christ to be the Savior, the Lord of our hearts. We allow him to be the, and you know what? You don't have to ever be concerned about that. When he's the Lord of your heart, everything's going to be all right. (laughs) All is well. (laughs) It's all good. And then, when we recognize, recognizing him, we journey on the road with him, hand in hand, side by side, right? We get to journey on that road with him in the power of his resurrection and ascension. Nothing missing, nothing broken. All poured out for you. His image, his likeness, his character, his being, living through you, in you. Holy new. Holy new. 1 John 4, 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that, listen, listen, that we might live through him. 
that we might live through him. Hallelujah. That means his life. That means living out his life that's been implanted on the inside of us. A harvest of his light. We live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God. You see, you see why knowing his love is so critical? Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, because of his death, his resurrection and ascension, we get to live life in the spirit of Christ. The same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you, lives in me. See that? You know, one criticism I get is that I preach too much about how much God loves us and not enough about how we're supposed to love God. Okay? But let me tell you what. You, knowing God's love for you, you cannot help but love him back. You can't help it. There is no reason to preach you gotta love God more because it's only by knowing his love for you and it is by knowing his love for you that you, you cannot resist him. You will love him, love him, love him, love him, love him with everything in you when you understand that he has poured out everything of him for you. There is no reason to preach this negative gospel because when the love of God infiltrates your life and your heart and your spirit, it will change your mind, it will change your heart, and you will not be able to walk any other way. You are no longer a sinner. You will not find one place in the New Testament where anyone has come to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that is ever called a sinner, even though they sin. You have a totally new definition. It is the beloved, the saints of God. Why do I call you beloved all the time? Because that is what God calls you. That is what he died so that you could be renamed. Hallelujah. Where was I? <laughs> oh, he first loved you. That's the key. He first loved you. He didn't require you to love him first. He's always loved you. He'll always love you. He desires you. He desires you. He desires companionship with you. You are meant to be a companion with God. He sent his son, and Jesus agreed 
to do agreed. He could have made another choice. He could have said, uh-uh, I'm out of here too much. These guys, these stiff-necked, blah, 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 blah. I'm going back. But he didn't. He absolutely didn't. And he did what he did simply to show you that he loves you. His death, his death, his arm, his arms of compassion wrapped around you, his arm of mercy and grace and love wrapped around you, reaching for you all the time, never turning away, never. And his resurrection and his ascension are your promise, your promise that you can ever live knowing the love of God for you. His promise. 1 John 4, verses 11 and 12. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. You know, that's why scripture tells us that the lost are going to know you by your love for one another. And only by receiving God's love can you love one another. Because that's not through your own works. You can't love other people in the flesh. It's next to impossible. (laughs) I'm just being real with y'all. But through him, it is. It's his love flowing into and through us. Okay, back to the scripture. Verse 15 of 1 John 4. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. Think about the miracle of that. God lives in you. God the one and only, the great, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, lives in us and we in him. This is not something we understand with our minds. This is the greatest gift ever given. And it's all for us. Hallelujah. You live in God. And so we know, remember that word, know, deeply, intimately, and rely, trust, can have faith, rely, depend on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Do you think he wants us to get the point? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Think about that. Think about what the resurrection accomplished right here. In this way, verse 17, in this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence In the day of judgment. See, no fear. No fear here. 
perfect love, his love casts out all fear. You can have confidence because in this world, we are like him. Do you see how much he wants to get your new nature, your character, your destiny across to you? Who you are, who you truly are. We love because he first loved us. And because he first loved us, we love him in return because we know his love (coughs) and we love him in return. And guess what? When that happens, we get the great privilege of loving one another without condemnation and judgment. We get that great privilege to love one another. Wow. So let that be our mission. Knowing his love. Naturally loving him in return. And let it be our mission field to extend, to know his love, to extend that love to one another. First here in the, in the household of faith. But then reach a lost and dying world. It's the only thing that will reach them. If anything else would have reached him, he would have chosen another path and shown it to us. But this is what he showed us. This is what he did for us. So we joyously, we have this incredible, joyous opportunity to make every single one of us totally ecstatic that we have this joyous opportunity to reach the world with the love of God and bring them into the family. Let that be your mission. Let the love of God so flow through you, unmistakably flow through you, that nobody can resist it. Because that's what he did for you. You cannot resist his love, and you know it. You know it. So let us go forth. Let us remember what he's done for us this day. And let us go forth and do the same. Hallelujah. So that's what the Lord had me share today. No greater love. So we're going to take communion. And we're going to take communion remembering 